All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rolling with the Winners, episode 13. Quick life update where I left off on my last episode. I was talking about how I was moving to my new apartment, uh, officially moved in this past weekend into my new apartment. City girl living. So excited. It is already super great and I'm just excited for all of the opportunities that will be much closer to me now. I think I decided I just like never want to live in the suburbs until I absolutely am forced to by marriage and children, but that is very far away. So I'm just going to continue living the city life uh, wherever that is for as long as as long as I possibly can. But I have almost everything set up in my new studio apartment. So I finally got the time tonight uh, to sit down and make another episode for you guys. I'm going to be covering some of the hot topics obviously happening in the last few weeks. There's been quite a bit that has been going on, so let's get into it. Um, I want to start the episode on a little bit more of a solemn note. Uh, Fred McLeod, sportscaster for the Cleveland Cavaliers, passed away from a heart attack. He was truly beloved by many, and you can see the outpouring of love, of love and support from past and present Cavs players. Many of you will probably remember him most for his voice immediately um, from calling the Cavs 2016 championship win. Uh, I watched an interview, I've watched it like 10 times now, with Austin Carr talking about the passing of Fred, um, because he was obviously very close to the close to him and um, throughout their time working for the Cavs. He was super emotional and just had nothing but amazing things to say about him. Um, and I think he said it best when he said he was just as good of a person as he was a pro- broadcaster. Uh, and I think that is all you can ask for in life is that um, whatever you have done on this earth, people say that you you were a good person. Um, so RIP, uh, definitely... Um, really sad to see that uh, he was really great to listen to uh, when watching Cavs games. Um, so yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. Moving on to some more, um, I guess, positive notes. Uh, California lawmakers passed a bill that would let college athletes collect endorsement money. Um, I kind of mentioned this a few weeks ago that it was in talks, but um, nothing had been passed or finalized in any way. Um but I did mention the possibility of this bill, and I said obviously the NCAA was going to have some issues about it. Um, the uh, NCAA sent a letter to California lawmakers stating that these schools in California would no longer be permitted to compete in NCAA competition since they would have an unfair recruiting advantage over the other members of schools across the nation. Um, what's First of all, interesting is that the California State Assembly, who had to pass this bill, um, they passed it 72 to 0, um, which is super interesting. Uh, the NCA also noted in this letter that they are working on allowing students to use their own likeness, which is so ridiculous when you say that out loud, like you're allowing someone to use their own likeness. It's crazy that they they can't do that, um, but um, they don't believe that they should be paid to play, so... The NCAA said they overall believe this bill is unconstitutional. It will be interesting to see how California kind of responds to all of this and see how they decide to move forward with it. Like I said before, however they respond, it will definitely set some type of precedent for the future of the NCAA. Um, I mean, I 
I don't know if I see it going forward if the NCAA truly blocks them um, from being able to compete against other schools in the league. I I don't see them moving forward with it. Um, But you have seen a lot of athletes tweet in support of this, um, like LeBron, Draymond Green, uh, a lot of other big names out there. I'm sure 99% support this. Um, I'm sure we will continue to hear from others um, about this bill or any future bills that come up um, that make the headlines like this. Uh, Continuing in the college football world, so the number of ranked opponents left on the following team seasons are um, as follows. Ohio State, 5, Georgia, 4, LSU, 4, Notre Dame, 4, Alabama, 3, Utah, 3, Oklahoma, 1, Clemson, nada. Um, It's interesting because I'm not sure how much this will matter. Obviously, at the end of the day, the most important thing uh, in any sport, but especially in the decision-making for who ends up in the college football playoffs, is wins and losses. So it doesn't really matter how many ranked or unranked teams you play. If you get at least, I would say, two losses on your schedule, you're almost guaranteed out. Uh, Not 100% guaranteed out because, you know, the the committee can has considered putting two lost teams in. Um, So winning is obviously always priority. um, But beyond that, the committee always says the strength of schedule is something they look for. Uh, That definitely carries some weight more in certain years than it does in other years. Um, If this does become a factor this season when it's all said and done and the committee goes to make their decision, I hope they recognize exactly what I just listed off to you. Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Notre Dame all play significantly more ranked teams than some of the other potential contenders um, as we see it now, Oklahoma and Clemson. They have significantly easier schedules on paper. Uh, So with a loss on either of their seasons this year, it would be really hard to make a serious playoff argument for these teams based on their strength of schedule. Um, In my opinion, for them, it is undefeated season or bust, but what do I know? The committee definitely never fails to surprise me. I'm pretty sure I haven't guessed the correct four teams any any year that it's existed um, since they kind of change up what their qualifications or the important qualifications are going to be um, every single year. Uh, Continuing again with the topic of college football, I'm sure you all saw that Ohio State has uh, made a nice attempt to try to trademark the the term the. Um, I just saw that the U.S. Patent and Trademark offices denied Ohio State's application for this trademark. Um, Honestly, I'm all here for referring to Ohio State as the Ohio State University because that is the actual name of the school. I don't understand when people have such a serious problem with it because it you say the when the word following starts with a vowel it's simple grammar but i think it's it, so it's annoying that people get so upset about it like that it's the name of the school um i think though it is very hard to trademark one of the most commonly used words in the english language so i definitely understand why this <laughs> this wasn't allowed um nice effort though you got to respect it um uh, but speaking of trademarks, no joke, I just, I looked down at my phone when I started this podcast and saw a Bleacher Report notification that LeBron was denied his trademark for Taco Tuesday because it is a commonplace phrase. Um, also not surprised there, but um, honestly still looking for the invite to a Taco Tuesday. That is a bucket list item. So 
Bron, you can just let me know when and I am there. Um, lo- love the videos every week, man. Um, so more on some college football because obviously the season is just going now and there's so much to say. Um, I want to talk about college quarterbacks or any player in general in college football moving around from team to team more often um, when they don't get the starting job at their position. I've been thinking a lot about the way college football has changed in this, um, where players either lose the starting job or they just simply don't want to put in the attempt to compete for the starting job and then they transfer to another usually majorly competitive school for the opportunity to start there. Um, The big stories... A lot of times our quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Tate Martell, Jalen Hurts, all transferring um, very recently. For some, it has worked out better than others. Um, Tate Martell transferred from Ohio State to the U and then lost the starting job at the U. So I think this will be a story to tell all players who are anxious to transfer when they don't get exactly what they want right away. Um, There are no guarantees. At the end of the day, you can still come out losing in this. So I think that's uh, kind of a good warning sign to let players know before they kind of jump the gun and move around it. It makes me a little bit sad because I think of when I was growing up watching Ohio State football um, and Kenny Guyton, backup quarterback for all of his years at Ohio State. And I mean, he got in the game sometimes, whether for injury or just maybe a blowout win. Um, And he came in and people loved the man. He was he was beloved by Ohio State fans, truly, and he he didn't ever seem to be upset or complain about it. He was very complacent in his position. Whenever he was asked to come in the game, whenever his number was called, he came out there and he put on a show, always a solid performance. Um, so it makes me sad that we don't really see that as much anymore because um, players know they can potentially transfer and start somewhere else so they're just itching to do it as quickly as they can Um, which I get I know that they want to progress their careers but it does make me a little sad to see less loyalty to the team that you decided you wanted to play for and you wanted to fight for and you so easily jump ship somewhere else um I'm sure that will continue to grow and change in the future. I'm interested to see if college football ever decides to kind of go back and do anything to maybe make this happen a little less if it starts becoming such an issue. Like I'm starting to have trouble keeping track sometimes of where all these quarterbacks and where all these major players are because they're they're literally switching from one season to the next. So it is it's been interesting, but we like I said, we'll continue to see how this this evolves over time. Uh, So one of the bigger news stories of the last few weeks, kind of jumping away from college football now, now has been um, Antonio Brown. If you haven't been following, Antonio Brown was on the Raiders um, and he took to social media asking to be released. The Raiders then released Antonio and within a few hours, who picked him up? The New England Patriots. Uh, A lot of people were kind of shocked by this, but I... I really wasn't. Um, The Patriots kind of did the same thing with Josh Gordon, a very obviously talented receiver who was providing their previous team with some issues. Um, The Patriots kind of feel like they can handle it and be the team that can make them shine. So AB is now on the New England Patriots, but 
the plot obviously continues to thicken. Uh, a story recently dropped that AB's former trainer accused him of rape. Um, she alleged that he sexually assaulted and raped her multiple times. I will spare you the the more specific details of it, but it was not pretty to read. Um, I have seen that AB is completely denying these allegations across the board and I think I also saw that he's trying to sue this girl now so we will continue obviously to follow the story as it progresses but it doesn't look super good um but you know it continues to get worse and worse because remember a few episodes ago when I mentioned OJ Simpson made a Twitter Well, um, he really likes to post videos, and he posted one discussing the first week of the NFL season and how his fantasy team was doing, and he then goes on to talk about um, everything happening with Antonio Brown, and he says, and I quote, someone accused Antonio of rape. Let's make one thing clear. He was accused, not charged. I'm hoping it's not true. Nothing I know about Antonio would make me think he would do something like that. (sighs) Well, you know... I don't know everything, but I don't think we should be listening to O.J. Simpson judging someone's character when it comes to serious allegations for such a major crime. You would really think he would want to stay out of this stuff, but he he's not even just tweeting about it. He's putting in the effort to record a video talking about it and then tweeting it. It's just, it is truly mind-blowing to me, but You know, he's just going to continue to live his life and put his opinions out there. So, um, like I said, we'll see how this story continues to evolve. And, um, you know, with that evolving, what happens with him and, you know, his future in the NFL as a whole, not just with the Patriots. So, another big topic in the NFL right now that I have not had the chance to discuss yet is the retirement of Andrew Luck. Um, This kind of shook the football world to its core because it isn't often that you see a guy like this still in really the prime of his career decide to step away. Someone who's had a lot of success in this league. Um, I kind of want to play both sides on the the reaction to this retirement. I completely understand why the fans are upset. If tomorrow... Baker Mayfield got on TV and said, hey guys, this game has been too much for me and my wife and it's been too hard on my body. It's ruined me. I think it's best that I step away. I would be upset. I would be heartbroken. I'm not going to lie about that. I don't knock the fans at all for being upset. It's not an easy thing to see, especially when you aren't expecting it. It's not like Andrew Luck had a 15-year like full career and you knew that any day now you know, he was going to call it quits, that that might be the season he was going to be done. Um, But I also totally understand Andrew Luck's perspective. The man has been injured quite a bit. And I was reminded the other day, listening to another sports podcast, that he has probably had 10 times the amount of injuries um, that, that we didn't even know about. You know, when a player is injured and it's listed you know, before the game, usually it's the major injury that is keeping them out that is listed for that game, not the 10 other things that are hurting them. You know, maybe they stubbed their toe and also like sprained their finger or something, you know, but they're only listing the major things that are keeping them out of the game. So he's uh, Andrew Luck and anyone else in this league have been beat up pretty brutally 
Um, so you always have to consider that, that it's not just one injury that's keeping them away from this. It's the wear and tear that is put on, has been put on their bodies. Um, football is just a dangerous sport and you are sacrificing yourself to play it at this level. You are knowingly taking years off of your life. Um, Andrew Luck has a wife, a family, and he was really suffering, not just physically, but I think it was really emotionally and mentally getting to him. You could tell in his press conference, he was really just, he was beat up. He was emotional about this. So I don't blame him for what he did. Anyone who hates him for what he did needs to gain some serious perspective. There are more important things in life than football. There, I said it. There are more important things in this world than football. And this is coming from the girl who has based 90% of her life on Cleveland and Ohio State sports. But at the end of the day, family and your health are just more important. And I can't hate this guy for making a decision that has had such a grand impact on his life uh, in the, in just the most important ways. So I hope he's doing well. I hope... Um, he feels peace with his decision, um, but like I said, I don't knock the fans for being upset. Like you idolize these players, you feel like you know them. They become part of your family in a way, you know. Um, you sit around the dinner table or you sit around at the bar talking about them for hours on end, and then they're no longer there anymore. I mean, it, in a in a way, it feels like a, you took a personal loss. Um, so I totally understand why fans are upset, but also just gain some perspective here, people. There are there are bigger things uh, in this world. So for this week on important things to know and crushing brewskis in the Muni lot, wasn't really looking forward to doing this segment this week because it it was a rough previous weekend for me. If you haven't heard, the Browns lost badly. Um, you know, the only way you haven't heard is if you live under a rock because everyone has been obviously wrecking us for the showing that was put on that field. Um, the first drive looked great, except for um, Baker's first pass of the game. It was almost intercepted, but he he really followed it up with a phenomenal drive down the field that led to a touchdown. I was so pumped. I was cheering, but in classic Browns fashion, though, I knew things were bad when we missed the extra point. It's it's really never a good sign when the kicker misses the extra point in a very low-pressure situation at the beginning of the first quarter. Um, the game stayed pretty tight for a while, though. It, it, it wasn't until later that we just fell apart. Um, what really hurt us was obviously the 18 penalties for 182 yards. You simply cannot win games like that. Um, when you give them two full football fields of penalties, um, you just can't give that many extra chances. It's it's not going to work well for you. But again, wanting to gain some perspective on this, part of me is okay with the loss for a few reasons. Um, one being that there has been so much hype and pressure surrounding this team that at some point we were all going to just be brought back down to planet Earth. Um, the hype has been a little overwhelming, and I'm sure it got to some of the players' heads a bit, and they just needed to relax. They just needed to get this out of their system, take a deep breath. Uh, the other reason I'm okay with this is because if anyone on this planet, anyone in this whole world, does their best work as the underdog and as the guy who has to prove everyone wrong, that would be Baker Mayfield. 
as I have obviously said so many times on this podcast, Baker has lived his whole career, his whole life as the underdog. He feeds off of it. He wants people to doubt him. He wants people to tell him that he can't do something. That is where Baker definitely shows his true greatness. I think this is best case scenario for Baker. He doesn't want the bandwagon fans. He doesn't want people thinking the Browns are the best team in the league. You even saw him in the press conference after the game. He was like, I know people are going to trash us. I don't care. Like it, this is where the, that man thrives. So I didn't, I, I personally would rather have us lose now than lose down the line. It was one game. It was the first game of the season. I saw a stat that one of the years the Patriots won the Super Bowl within the last few years, they lost their first game of the season by three touchdowns to the Titans. Um, we just lost <laughs> like that to the Titans. Um, and this was their week one game as well. Uh, if, you know, if this was our week 10 game and we were still having the same conversation, I would obviously be more concerned, but it was one game. We cannot give up that quickly. This is Cleveland Browns football, man. If we don't have some type of hope, then we, we just don't have anything. So Browns fans take a deep breath. Just trust in the process. Baker, this, like I said, this is where Baker does his best work. Let the man feed off of the haters, feed off of the doubt, um, and we'll we'll come back next week and see what happens. So that is all I have for you guys today. If you could leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. You can subscribe there. Um, follow me on Spotify or whatever streaming service you use. I think I just submitted to get on iHeartRadio and I, I think it was accepted. So if you listen there, go ahead. You can listen to my podcast on iHeartRadio now as well. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, have a great week and go Browns.